three, two, one. That was on time for us. I didn't hear yours, but I'll roll with it. It was a snap, and you can see it on the wavelength thingy. Great. This is how we feel. 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 What's up? What's up? What's up? We are back. We are back and better than ever. It's your boy, R. Dizzle. What up? It's Baby Jizzle. What up? It's Bam Bizzle. And we (laughs) are here today coming back at you from a very, very long hiatus. We had a lot of technical difficulties. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. I think yeah. every, everybody can agree to that. I think everybody gets yeah. it. Every, everything's kind of um, upside down nowadays, so I think we can be forgiven. But uh, regardless, I'm going to try and put as many episodes out in the next week as we can. As you guys know, we have a celebrity producer um, come and produce each show. Um, and the celebrity producer at the time, which happened to be the lead singer of Nickelback, um, actually messed up and ended up messing up the computer that all the files were on. So it had to take a little bit of time to get us a new computer, to get all the files restored, and to get us up and running again. But uh, luckily, we won't ever be calling him back. And today in the studio, we have Puff Daddy P. Diddy, Sean Combs. Again, he's not able to say anything. We don't let our producers talk. Sean, please, just can you stay, sit right there? Just, Thank you. Just Yeah, in the back of the room. Thank you. Thank and you, don't, P. Diddy. Mm-hmm. He's, he's seen and not heard. How about that? By us and nobody else. You're doing great. Um, Thank you for the support. Thanks, P. Or Puff. What do we call you now? Sean? Mr. Combs? I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank don't, you, Mr. Combs. Don't say anything. Yeah. So um, if you don't know what this is, this is this is how you feel. And it's a show where each week we take a piece of media and we tell you how you feel. Um, today we're talking about Avatar, the 2009 James Cameron movie. Yes. Which everybody loves. But yeah. before we get into that, um, Taylor, The Bachelor is back or whatever it, the placeholder is. I can't remember what it's called. Um, so... Uh, Taylor's back, and she's covering your favorite reality show that we hate. So go ahead and take it away, Tay-Tay. Great job. Wow. I love you wow. so much. Thank you, Moving Taylor. on to the I next thing. That. that was great. I kind of want to, just before we get into the movie, really, I feel like it's been a while. How are you guys? Are you guys doing okay? We're okay. We're doing okay. We're still in quarantine. It's May 10th. We're quarantined, but we're corona-free. Yes. Um, and we couldn't ask for it to be... Any better than that. Any other we. Uh, honest, yeah. any other we. Good one. Um, no, we've been getting our, our, our stimulus check. We're getting some unemployment going, so we're not doing too hot, but we're not, you know, out on the street yet. We're not doing too cold We're not either. doing too cold. Ah! <laughs> they beat me to it. They beat me to I it. I laid it up. I was like, who's going to dunk it? Who's going to dunk uh, on me? Well. Yeah, so we're doing all right. How you doing over there? I, I'm assuming the quarantine doesn't hit Oregon as much. I can imagine a lot of small, well, small town like, people brushing it off. Yeah, like... You know, Portland's probably getting hit kind of hard, but yeah, where I live, right. it's uh, you, you know, guys, you not like many, went, many people. You like went back to work so fast, and I'm just realizing yeah. that we're like we've still been like on lockdown since April. I haven't worked. Oh, in, since March, what, two months. Yeah, since yeah. March? After the uh, Vegas trip, I quarantined myself for two weeks to make sure that I was safe, and then I went back to work, and I've been working since. Um, we, we're well, we're kind of in central employees where I work at, so. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, like three good. people. I don't really come to contact with a lot of people from the public, so so that doesn't... I mean, everything's all in all is pretty good. If anything, money's flowing in better now than it ever was. Nice. Okay, that's good. That's good. I'm glad someone's profiting yeah. off this sadness. Yeah. I mean, we're hitting a we're just hitting a busy time right now. That's it, and it it, it wasn't going to take it a, 
a pandemic to stop us apparently right i mean people are in the homes they I want something like, to do anything, it's now now is the time where we're going to be you know yeah. utilizing it more exactly that's true yeah thank you for that update guys love you so much love, love you too. too um today we are recording on mother's day which is fun it's mother's day um yes, bless all the we've already all there. said Happy Mother's Day to everybody. I was thinking maybe we could give my mom a call till I have Mother's Day on air from the podcast. Yes. Let's give Miss Susan a call. That? What is yeah. she up to right now? All right. Let's see what my mom is doing. Well, I want to see if it... Can you guys hear that? Yeah. All right. She won't be able to hear, hear you, but I'll relay what you guys say to her. <clears throat> Hello. Hey, Mom. You're on the podcast. <sighs> Hi, How thank you? you for having me on the show. Ash, we, just, we just wanted to say uh, Happy Mother's Day and we love you so much. Oh, thank you so much. I love both of you so much as well. well Louie's here too. Also mashed potato Louis. Oh, hi, mashed potato. You don't love him too? I do love him. Of course I do, mashed potato Louie. What are you oh, talking I'm about? Dying. I'm talking about Avatar today, Bomb. You like that movie? Oh, Avatar, yes, I Really, really enjoyed yeah, the, the animation <laughs> in it and all of the colors, and I just loved the movie. That doesn't yes. sound like a movie you'd like. Are you faking for the podcast? No, no, not at all. You don't like aliens. I appreciate, but I appreciated the art. Yes. In that movie. Oh, good That's take. a good point. It is a very good, it's a very artistic movie. Well, thanks for your take. We don't have a whole lot of time, so I just want to, you know, tell you Happy Mother's Day, and I love you. We love you. Thank you so much. I love you too, and have a nice show. We will. Thank you. Love you, Miss Susan. Bye. Oh God, with that boost, I think this is gonna be our best show yet. She said, "Have a nice show," and I felt it in my heart. Yeah, that was great. She's got a hot take. She's always got a good yes. wrap up sentence for the movie. She's always ready. She, she hit could. all the points yeah. and was like, "Yeah, it's a good movie. It's art." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. What a what a well spoken woman. We should just have her do this, and we should quit. I mean, I know, know, right? We should be her managers. <laughs> yeah. We should just have. We should just like ask her a bunch of questions because I feel like stream of consciousness wise, she wouldn't do it herself. But if we just sat there with the microphone and asked her fuck ton of questions, we get a great. We get gold. Yes. You know? Straight she's, gold. Out of she's that. good at like talking her mind in the moment. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with my mom's little uh little uh insight to avatar let's jump right into this bitch so oh my god i love this movie so much it was a huge thing in 2009 it rocked everybody's world to yes, the it core did. It did. james cameron knew exactly what the fuck he was doing just as he does with every deliberate move he does in all of these movies yeah it doesn't surprise me to know that he's had this idea for you know god knows how long he's had it for like 10 20 years before the movie was actually made mm-hmm. to think yeah. that you can have something like that conjuring up like you're just it's just like brewing inside and then all these years exactly. later to have it realized it's i'm sure it's such an amazing feeling oh my god yes oh my god i can't wait to feel that like right Right, because like, like he's like I'm sure like every aspect of that universe he has an answer for, and like I feel him on that. But it's like when you when you get it down there and you film it, it's like you don't need to be answering those questions. You need to be worried about the art at that point. And it's just like to get all that on the screen, like of of all that years of thinking about it and making it to what it was. Like yes, he d- it definitely paid off. I mean, he's got like five movies coming out. So oh my god, um, I can't <laughs> wait. and I love that like. To, it's not a crazy concept, but like if you were to say like, "Oh yeah, I have an idea for a movie." So get this: they're aliens, right? Already, you're losing some people. So yeah, the I, elevator pitch on a lot of these movies is like, exactly. who would fucking watch this? But you know, it's 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 people like James Cameron that get a blank check and are just like, I, "Trust me, okay, my creative vision is enough." And even though the story is kind of rooted in this basic thing, I think he just kind of used that as a way to like 
not have to worry about that aspect of it as much and worry more with the world building and the universe building as it was because the universe itself is complicated and maybe the science can be complicated if you really get into it but if you're just watching it if you're a miss susan or if you're someone who's not a sci-fi you know aficionado you know what's going on in the story it's a basic plot to get people actually like hooked onto the movie yeah to really get you like like moving forward yeah you don't need to know the specifics to like enjoy this movie because it's such a really resonating movie yeah it doesn't like even though it's like a really technical movie like there are so many things about it that just you know it's about just like keeping you in awe with like what's happening with what you're seeing and it does a great job of doing that yeah it's really it really puts you in like like you can really relate to sigourney weaver's character where she's just like so amazed and she just wants to continue to like learn and study it but everything comes with proper time yeah Mm. do you think there was a sigourney weaver character in the United States during the um, Virginia Company, like when they first came to the New World to mine for gold, do you think there was a Sigourney Weaver type that was like, mm. no, we shouldn't be disturbing these Native Americans? I don't know, because when I think about those times, it just seems like, I don't know. I feel like all those people were like in the lab. You know what I mean? All honestly, those people were just like not like Honestly, I could probably answer my journeys. own question because freaking... I just remembered that the Virginia Company was all men, and there absolutely was not a woman. So no, no one was thinking, yeah, uh, with their right mind. <laughs> yeah, back then they were all just considered like savages. I, uh, part of me wants to hope that there was someone with a you know human heart saying like, right. guys, maybe we shouldn't be this mean. But no, no, they're all just Spaniard British demons. Mm-hmm. Demons, girl. This movie. Anyways, out, <laughs> this movie came out in probably the best time in my life for me to watch it it was oh nine so i'm 13 years old that's like the prime age of watching big space battles in theaters and mm, me agree. and you went to watch it in theaters two times i think i went to my, with my family like another two times so this is like the most watched movie in theaters for me wow. for me it's this and inception i think i watched them both like nine times in theaters oh inception would have been great in theaters yeah I, I watched it so many times in theaters yeah this is so worth it so the movie was released in 2009. It's got a running time of 161 minutes. Mm-hmm. She's a Goliath. She's oh, almost yeah. three hours. She doesn't feel that 19- way, though. It's not like towards the end no. you're like huffing and puffing. Because sometimes... It's paced. It's paced really well. In an hour and a half movie. Yeah. 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 It was, it was really good. Every, I feel like because of how long it was, they were able to do so much with it to really like tell the story that we needed to watch before they decided to do any other sequels. Like there's so much that was told here that it doesn't necessarily need anything else. But the fact that we're going to be getting more is definitely, and I'm sure because they're, they're all pretty much done, right? They've been worked on for years. Yeah. The, the, Second and third, I think, are done. Yeah, I think they're waiting a little bit, and maybe until twenty twenty one is done. That's so just they like put out the second one. That just shows, you know, the amount of like, of like passion that's going into it, where they need to like kind of like keep reworking everything and just make sure that everything is like up to par to be able to release it and just be satisfying. Yeah, and that's right. that's just so much fun. So it was directed by James Cameron and written by James Cameron, but really was written by whoever wrote Pocahontas. The plot is a paraplegic marine dispatched to the moon Pandora on a unique mission becomes torn between following his orders and protecting the world he feels is his home. Okay. That's a pretty good description. You didn't lose me at any point. That's a good elevator pitch. That's like the first one that I've like been like, okay, I'll give you that. 
they didn't get into the whole, you know, paraplegic who takes control of an alien hybrid. But is that control. important? No, <laughs> no it's it's exactly. it's more about the the like duality of human versus my my new home type shit. So yeah, I think like I think conqueror it. versus versus natives. Okay, this one's a long one. You know, you know, I try and keep my pages under ten. Mm, what's she looking like? She's <laughs> she's on she's on ten. Okay, she hit ten on the nose. Yeah, so I mean, bear with me here. I do have a little surprise for you to keep it a little bit more entertaining. Hopefully, this works out well. Surprise. Are you ready? All right, surprises. let's dive in, babe. Okay, audience, are you ready? Yeah, we're ready. Great, thank you. Nice. Here we go. Here we go. Rusty Ninjas was filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> okay, ready? Yeah. Yes. Wait, give me a second. There's, I'm having technical difficulties. Okay. In 2154, humans have depleted Earth's natural resources, leading to a severe energy crisis. The Resources Development Administration mines a valuable mineral unobtainium on Pandora, a densely forested habitable moon, a densely forested habitable moon orbiting Polyphemus, a f- Jesus Christ, Polyphemus, a fictional jazz, oof, that wasn't it, a fictional gas giant in the Alpha Centauri star system. Pandora, whose atmosphere is poisonous to humans, is inhabited by the Navi, a species of 10 foot to 12 foot tall blue skinned sapient humanoids that live in harmony with nature and worship a mother goddess named Iwa. Yeah, so already we see like these crazy parano- parallels between this and Pocahontas. It's just too similar. Yeah, the Weeping Willow is Iwa. Yeah, and uh, it's a mother goddess. Like it's, it's a different atmosphere, but except the atmosphere is more of a metaphor in Pocahontas and it's more literal here. Yeah, and also it's like a different um, ecosystem. Like they're not used to the, the, the plants and animals that they see in America the same way that it's like an alien species. Anyways. The story opens with a sweeping shot high across the tree line of a lush green rainforest. Intercut is a sequence of images of Jake Sully, played by Sam Worthington, a crippled war veteran and former Marine. He walk. He wakes up in a. Oh, that wasn't it. He wakes up in a giant spaceship on its way to Pandora, a thickly forested, Earth-like moon, which we've already said in the other other thing. He is one of the large number of passengers all waking up after almost six years of cryosleep en route to Pandora. Drifting out of his sleep pod in zero g, he's tended by the ship's staff. He opens his locker, which is marked Sully T. Jake Sully T. Oh, his brother's name is Tom. Oh, Jake tells us that he has a deceased twin brother, Tom, a scientist who was to be part of a high-level program overseen by corporate and military strategists to study the environment and inhabitants of Pandora. Because Jake and his brother are an exact genetic match, he was presented with an opportunity to take over his brother's contract with a corporate military entity and travel light years away to an outpost on Pandora. Acknowledging the notions of being free and having a fresh start, Jake agrees to the deal as his brother's body is cremated. Ooh. So, yeah, that's pretty sad. Wow. So don't think you're going to sneak past that uh, ambient noise. 
Girl. Oh, I, I, I was just gonna just Damn, set in the mood. Yeah, that is, you just changed the game. Really this did. is like, did I not? Forward. Did yes. I not just change the game though? Yeah, we're flying like, it, into Pandora. Right I was. Now. Isn't I was it really amazing? Like, yeah, I cannot wait to to continue. Yeah. I can't wait for Halloween. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's gonna yes. be a whole different vibe. Ooh. All right, continue. Okay, hold on. I have to. I do want to say though, I did not know what the brother's name was. You could not. Tom. Yeah, no, I, oh, I heard yeah. that when you were oh. saying it, but before that, girl, you you could not ask me what that was. I wonder if this will work. Who's Sam then? Did you say Sam? Yeah, Sam Worthington. That's, that's his name. name. His human name. Jake Sully. Yeah, Jake Sully's hum- real name. Oh, Jake Sully is his, his Nami name. Dude, no, Sam Worthington is the actor's name. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, who the who is Sam? Dude. The dude's name is Jake Sully. Okay, 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 okay. Anyways. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Now being transported from the spaceship to Pandora via a shuttle, Jake is one of many soldiers and civilian personnel about to touch down on Pandora, some 4.3 light years from Earth. The passengers are all instructed to wear a full-face breathing mask since the atmosphere of the planet will not support human life. 20 seconds of exposure to the poisonous atmosphere of the planet causes unconsciousness, with death occurring about four minutes after. While the other passengers disembark and take their first steps onto the base called Hell's Gate, which is surrounded by a huge perimeter fence, Jake follows them in his wheelchair, earning the moniker Meals on Wheels from a few asshole marines. He acknowledges through voiceover that he lost the use of his legs during one of his tours of duty on Earth. And while a spinal injury like this can be fixed, it takes money, which is tough to come by in the present economy. I feel like they didn't have to be mean about him being in a wheelchair like right off the bat, right? Yeah. Like that was too that much. That seems like generic like army that, hazing, I but like even that goes too far. I feel like it's just army. I feel like it's just dumb movie hazing. You know what I mean? Like do people right. really like make fun of people in a wheelchair? I know, like, right? When I, like when I think about like those movies that you watch when you're a kid and you think about like the way they portray kids in school, how they're like overly bullying. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are places, you know, in the world that are excessive like that, but like just, I don't know, when you think about like a commonplace thing, like it's not very common to see that. Right. It's funny. It's just kind of to like put the main character as the underdog status. Like, oh, he's getting picked on. Nobody likes him yeah. just to make his rise. Okay. I, can't, I see it. I just, it's just like too much. Like right out the gate, we're just being mean to the crippled guy. Like, come Meals on. Meals on wheels, hot rod, like 10 different remarks yeah. on the paraplegic alone. On, like, boom, 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 boom. We get it. We get it. <sighs> Anyways. Then we meet Coloner Miles Courtrich. He reminds <laughs> everyone that they are no longer in Kansas. By... By now, a reference that must be so worn out, it looks like that last human from Doctor Who. He shows off his scars, and he tells us a bit about the Na'vi and how scary, spooky Pandori is. Scary, spooky Spandori. This almost sounds pre-recorded. Um, hold on, I have to try. I have to find another royalty-free background music because that was just for that part. Yeah, that was intense. I just want to say one thing. What? Moisturize me. Moisturize. Mo- no, no, moisturize. <laughs> Cassandra, that was her name. That's how worn out that phrase is. You're not in Kansas anymore. Yeah, which I can't. It's 2154, guy. Like that's too. <laughs> that people have been saying that for too long. Everyone's gonna be like, "I'm sorry, what is that yeah, a reference to?" That? Wizard of Oz. That was like oh, 200 years ago. Gotcha. Okay, a movie from oh, 200 God, years no. ago. <laughs> Can you imagine a movie from 200 years ago? Yeah, like, movies started like 
Not even a hundred years. Less well, than a hundred. About. About a hundred, yeah. That's like, there are some 1800s. Wait, when did movies start? Like, 1920? Like, I mean, early 1900s. Like, movies, movies? Yeah, like, but, like, film itself, like... There are some 1800 films. We were watching a whole thing about horror history, and yeah. there were some creepy 1800 ones. Ooh, no joda. Really? Know. Yeah, it was creepy. Well, creepy 1800 like, movies. That's scary. So, they've been doing horror for a while. Not, like, early, like, late 1800s, but, like, still. Yeah, no, no, like, 1898, like, but, like, still, that's wild. In general, like, that's like only that's less than a hundred years after America was founded. Yep. The first film is Round Hay Garden Scene, eighteen eighty eight. Oh wow. The I've world's seen that. earliest surviving motion picture film showing actual consecutive action. They're over here like, We're in the eighties, bro, it's the future. <laughs> Directed by French inventor Louis Le Prince. Louis, Louis Le Prince. Oh, jinx. Okay, ready? <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, okay. This, this is, is when we get into the science lab. No, this is when we get into the tribe. This is not it. Yeah, it's a terrible description. This, though. Can I? Where's the watch? Save to watch later. Okay, maybe this one. There we go. Okay, That's Jake goes thinking. to a science lab where he meets biologist Norm Spellman, played by Joel David Moore, Norman. and Doctor Max Patel. Doc, it just says Norm. <laughs> I Dr. Called, Max Patel. Hey, I called Dealey, him Norman, and Dilly. everyone jumped on I me. I can't. Pre- what? You can assume that Norm is short for Norman, okay? But but his name is Norm Spellman in the like in the in the. Th- we don't have time for this. This music is only a minute long. Uh, two members of the Avatar program. As Jake gets his first look at his own Avatar, we learn about the program itself. Humans are unable to breathe Pandora's air. air mm, Pandora's air, but the Avatar program enables a human to link with their own Avatar, a genetically bred human Navi hybrid, and function as if they were a Navi native. In his avatar body, Jake will be able to walk again and breathe the atmosphere. Walk again. Jake will be able to walk again and breathe the atmosphere. Why do I keep saying walk? The the avatars look very much like their human drivers. When Norm tells Jake his avatar looks like him, Jake bluntly says it looks like his dead brother, which is actually the other way around. He says, it looks like my brother. And Norm's like, no, it looks like you. And I wanted Jake to be like, um, no, bro, it looks like my fucking brother, actually. rude. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's not me. It's my fucking twin, okay? I don't have background music for this part. So in comes Sigourney. She's running the show per usual. You can she pop. Be. I can just do the same, the same one. Yeah. She pops her little pod ready and uh, she's raring. And uh, she's then very unsympathetic. Um, hmm, let me say that again. She pops out of her little pod ready and raring and then is unsympathetic to Jake, referencing again his dead brother and how little she needs Jake. Uh, she said he's a quick learner, but he said he's a quick learner, but she doesn't give a rat's ass. <sighs> this movie is so long. Okay, so then Grace goes over to Phoebe's brother to complain, and he just keeps saying that this is a good thing because now we can have mercenary military personnel in the field with the researchers. Don't she doesn't buy that me. shit, to be honest, because the alternate route to get an obtainium that he speaks of, which is getting the Navi to like them, is hard to do when the military keeps killing everybody. Oh yeah, girl. Like he wants he wants them to figure out a way to to do this peacefully, but it's like very hard where every step we take, you're mowing down their forest and killing the fucking natives but also don't confuse me by saying phoebe's brother i was like who's phoebe we oh i'm sorry <laughs> fucking oh, <laughs> phoebe's brother from friends but the what's fuck, his name i don't movie? remember his name mike he's played by mike or i don't know remember his name okay. giovanni ribs rib ribbly that dude the guy with the unobtainium the guy that wants the unobtainium so bad would this movie be the same without sigourney weaver no, no, never. Absolutely not. Would it have the same gravitas? I mean, who could you put in her position to kind of like give it the same impact? A badass scientific lady. Sigourney um, is like the description. Um, of the girl, the woman. Oh, what's her name? Susan Sarandon. 
No. Who's she from? Okay. No. Wow. Fuck me. I mean, I'm not saying that she's bad, no. but she's just she not. Been, she could have played that role. She's just very particular. Did you ever watch that movie, Abby? No. What? I know that's the most random movie to to like. Come she's in with. Rocky she's... Horror Picture Show. Yeah, but he hasn't seen that. Not I haven't seen that either. But I know that is. You remember? She's the evil queen from Enchanted. Okay. The evil bitch. She's but, redheaded. She's in a bunch of stuff, actually. I can show you. I think she's in Crazy Stupid Love. I don't know what Susan Sarandon's in. Ow. She's beautiful. She's kind of, she's gorgeous. Okay, Anyways. what about this? Tina Fey. No. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Not as cocky and... Oh, You're a crackhead. Yes! Susan Sarandon. That's a good one. She has the look. That's what I said. She's perfect. Susan she Sarandon is perfect. perfect. She that can be a bitch good... and she can be fun. And That's she's very she's candid. very motherly. I think that she would be a perfect role. We I mean, Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver obviously... Is the perfect role, but I think if I had to pick a B side, yeah, she's the understudy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know her acting like that, so I just no, I'm not sure. You don't like that, you said. I said I don't know her acting like that, so I'm not sure. Oh. Well, maybe you should get familiar. Oh, Meryl Streep could do it. Meryl Streep could do anything. Meryl Streep could do anything. She could be. She could do everyone anything. In that she could be Quasimodo. At the same time. She'd make this. Bitch, <laughs> she'd make this bitch a musical. I hope they catch. She could be Ray. Quasimodo, she could though. be Ray. She totally could be Ray. Damn, I see all I of it. See, I, could, I, see I could all see of it. that. She's so old Ray. Easily. She'd have a she pink could be young favorite. Ray. Give her, give her a makeup, bro. I could, she could do it. <laughs> she's child Ray. Like Daisy really still adult Ray, but she's child Ray. Oh, she should have came out in, in Rise of Skywalker as Ray's mom. She should have been Leia. Oh, girl, stop. Okay. <laughs> Wife to Palpatine. Imagine that. <laughs> oh, no. Anyways, back in the lab. So back in the lab the next morning... Jake and Norm are linked to their avatars for the first time. Even though this is a multi-million dollar operation, and Jake knows that, he can't contain... This isn't the, this isn't the <laughs> music. We both made a face. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, hold on. I heard your volume going no. like, excuse me. Mm-hmm. These are too positive. I'm talking. <laughs> it was like one of those, like, <laughs> if you're going to visit Orlando. Yes. Yeah, I got it. Okay, Don't this forget is to go okay. there. Okay, ready? <laughs> Even though this is a multi-million dollar operation and Jake knows that, he can't contain his childlike glee and excitement long enough for the staff to get him acquainted to his new body. Seeing how he's now 10 to 12 feet tall, he gets up and staggers through employees, knocking down instruments with his tail and practically putting everyone's life at risk. He runs out the door into the Avatar Rec Center, TM, and meets up with Grace. She says some shit, I can't remember because I was blinded by the beauty that is Sigourney Reaver as an Avatar, and convinces him to go back and rest. He looks at his ponytail and then wakes up again as regular, boring, and broken Jake Sully. Hello, she throws a pomegranate or the uh, Pandora equivalent to a pomegranate and he eats it and, and that then, juice goes everywhere, honey. Yeah, mm, all over his face. That's a ju- that's what juicy pussy tastes like. Oh! Looks like, sounds like. Snip, snip, cut that out. <laughs> snip, snip. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Jeez. But now, it's um, a Vine reference. What? Ew. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it Some, is. Uh, the mother... Okay, hold on. I'm okay. sure you are. The mother, the mother is stirring... Um, oh, I know what you're talking Mother's about. Day. No, I know the one. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then he says it, and she looks up at him like... She goes, Nahaim! Oh. Wait. Pussy sounds like... Lachmar? 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 I'm like Frankie talking. That's what good pussy Wait, sounds like. you guys like. hear it, though? Yeah. It kind of sounds like deep in the butthead. That's what good pussy sounds like. Lachmar? <laughs> Lachmar? Damn it, Lachmar. Wait, there's other kids doing it. 
Oh wait, how much longer do we have on this podcast? That's what um, why are you gonna rush? Yeah, I have to go to a photo shoot at like six. Yeah, oh, well, sorry, bitch. You're gonna. It's that. It's past six already. It's where six, you're at? Six your time, bitch. Bitch. Oh. Bitch. Well, I'm. I'm sorry. I don't think. Uh, I think you're gonna miss that photo shoot, bud. Is it six o'clock? It's six o'clock. Fuck. It's five fifteen. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, do you really have a photo shoot though? No. no. <laughs> We're oh. quarantined, girl. I know. That's why I was confused. All right. Well, uh, if you let me get through it, then I can get through it. Here we go. All right. Go through the memes, please. All of no, them. Right? You're playing uh, yeah, no more memes. No more memes. <laughs> Jake meets Trudy, the badass. Okay. Badass. Wait, I have to type in royalty-free background badass music. Badass. Okay, that's cool. Jake. Oh, God. <laughs> what the fuck? What just happened? That, like, destroyed my ear. This is not badass enough. They're both the same. Jake meets Trudy, the badass pilot. He's coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. I'm not gonna this is this. like a game All show. Right. Jake meets Trudy, the badass pilot he's going to be flying with. He ends up meeting the Colonel Scaryface and decides to be a double agent. The Colonel says that the Avatar program is a joke, but that it offers an opportunity for a unique re- reconnaissance mission. If Jake can find out and tell the Colonel what he wants to know about the natives, how to persuade them to move away from the unobtainium or deposit, and how to hit them hard if they won't, the colonel will see to it that Jake gets the surgery he needs to regain use of his legs when back on Earth. The colonel climbs into his AMP suit, a bipedal exoskeleton used for missions on Pandora, and he moves right off. Um, is there anything to say about how those things look just like the things from Alien? Or is that just like um, a given? I feel like that's just practical mech. Right. It's just like research. very ident- it's like almost identical, except that they added yeah. like a, a glass little thing to it so that way they could breathe right but apart from that they're pretty similar actually no because they have hands yeah. they're like actual yeah, hands is, the other one is a little hands. different like the one from from alien seems to be a little bit more industrial in use where this one's like very specifically a human like weapon like military arm mech like but the yeah. other one was just for moving crates relinked with his avatar jake flies over pandora's surface and trudy's gunship along with grace norman's mothers the team lands in a forest where Grace and Norm begin to take samples of the flora and make measurements. Jake is distracted by his surroundings and wanders into a field of helicordon flowers, which are quite tall and shrink at Jake's touch. Trouble arrives when a titan off there, a heavily armored hammer-headed creature, confronts Jake. Jake holds his ground, but only because another beast, a panther-like Thanator, has approached him from behind and has caused the Titanotherus to retreat and surround their young. Pretend this is... Pretend... Pretend I'm not talking... Pretend uh, this isn't happening. Then we magically get transported into Jurassic Park. And then... Let me try that again. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Ooh, really held on there. <laughs> and then... Okay. Imagine um, someone's in his apartment choking him, and he's like, and then, uh, uh, and we're just like, come on, man. <laughs> y'all are laughing at me. Okay. The Thanator then turns to, oh, god damn it. All right, what'd you say? Is this some kind of joke? <laughs> you over here getting choked. All I'll right. kill you if this is a joke. Here we go. A movie I knew it was. The Thanator then turns to Jake. Grace tells him to run, and he's pursued by the Thanator in a chase that separates Jake from his crew. He loses his gun and is down by the animal but frees himself by releasing his backpack. Ultimately, the chase leads to a waterfall 
where Jake jumps off to safety, leaving the Thanator roaring above him. Jake's crew searches for him, but Trudy says he'll have to return to base, since nice ops are not allowed. Grace says he won't last the night. Discuss. I wonder why night ops aren't allowed because it's a whole lot of bioluminescence. It's not exactly a you know dark world. I think world. they're just scared. It's real dark. That dark is dark, dark. I don't know if it was my monitor or if it's the movie, but that dark is dark, dark. It did feel dark when he was making his fire thing. I was like, okay, yeah, get your fire. You can't see. But then in every other scene, the darkness is just like straight up glowing everywhere. You know, it's like maybe it's because his fire, like, like because there's light, the bioluminescence yeah, doesn't happen. It so away. it's like, oh, the fire makes it go dark. Oh, I guess that's true. But in every other scene where it's nighttime, it's like perfect vision. Like, don't worry about it. Um, but I also love all these scientific names. What, a Thanator? A Thanos monster? The Thanator. The Helio something for the for the flowers? I would watch an entire mm, documentary, mockumentary style of Avatar. Like, if they just did a whole... I would watch a documentary if they did it, like, as if it was legit. I, yeah. wa- I would yes. love to watch that. Disney, exactly. you need to get your shit together because this is exactly what we want to spend our money on. Yes, correct. But it's, 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 it's the that. problem is is the timing. Like, they, they take so long for each fucking thing. Just put it out. Put it out. Right. We know that you can make it fast and it can still be good. We know that. Anakin? Put it out. Oh, God. <laughs> I did not say Anakin. It's like you said, Anakin's still good. Oh. Uh, Anakin, still be good. Oh, no. It now being night, and Jake being scared for his life, he starts to sharpen a stick into a spear. We see a Navi woman watching him and about to strike him with an arrow. She decides against it when small, ethereal, luminescent creatures land on her bow. She dips. Wow, that music was perfect. Kind of like almost like Nightmare on Elm Street. That was cool. It is spooky, dark forest. Jake makes some friends with some viper wolves, and discovers some flammable liquid he can scare them with to prevent being killed. The animals attack Jake, and he fights back, kills some, and is taken down by others. The archer who was observing Jake joins the battle on his side. She kills some viper wolves, causes the rest to flee. She tenderly puts out one of their misery. Wait, she tenderly puts out. She tenderly puts one out of their misery. Some women. Mm. She tenderly tender. puts out of their misery. She tenderly puts out out. Of, she tenderly puts out of their misery some whimpering wounded animals, and says a prayer over them. This was really special to me. This little scene. Yeah, that was really sad. Yeah, she's like, "This is not a good thing. This is a sad thing." Yeah, exactly. Jake tries to thank the Navi, but she just gets all pit. Ooh, that's a little loud. Jake tries to thank the Navi, but she just gets all pissy, saying it didn't even have to happen. That he's dumb, and it did, so he should go home. You have a strong heart. No fear, she explains. But stupid, she says. But stupid. Just like that. She says it like that. <laughs> he follows her into a tree, begging for some help. She shows clear disdain for sky people. But then those cute little jellyfish spirits surround him, and she decides to let him come with her. So as Drake tries to keep up with this girl, Natiri, played by Zoe Saldana, he is hit by a bolo thrown by a patrol of Almatakayan. How do you say it? Almatakayan? Almatakayan. Almatakayan warriors. Their leader is Sutse, played by Laz Alonzo, next in line to the throne, and the man Natiri is expected to marry. Natiri stops them from harming Jake by telling them there has been a sign from Iwa. Sute tells his men to bring him along to Tashik, father, 
Proximus Melling and Iwa, Mother. Okay, wow, this is a long-ass movie. I'm going to try and be more brief from here on out, um, but just know that it's only because I don't want to be here for 40 hours. Jake tells the elders that he is a warrior, a dreamwalker, and his intention is to learn from them. Moat pricks Jake's chest and tastes his blood. Ew, that's... Ew. It was Decree. weird because I was like, what is she looking for? Like, she what didn't even mention had... anything. Like, what mm, if he had, too like, sweet. avatar disease or something? Maybe she could sense the kind of blood that it was. It was, like, oh, yeah. not she can authentic. Sense avatar I, disease. Yeah. I just wish that she said something after, like, mm, too sweet. Mm, not, you know, too gritty. <laughs> something, Needs a little you know? salt. <laughs> give, me a... <laughs> that would, give me a reason, you know? Yeah. No. She does not um, make any facial reaction. She just goes, all right, why are you here? She just really weirdly pricks him and then goes, like, mm, 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 good, delicious. Oh, yeah. She tastes his blood, decreeing it is the will of Iwa for him to live with the Omentakaya and for Natiri, however reluctantly, to be his teacher in their ways and customs. He goes to sleep and wakes up broken again. Like, as in broken, as in, like, his broken legs, as in, like, the, the, the broken version of himself. Yeah, back to the human. Um, he spills the tea to the scientists in the morning. Norm is dumb jelly. Jake is told he basically has three months to move these people before they bulldoze the tree with them in it. Norm is dumb jelly. He's been yeah, a little sourpuss for a long he time. He wants to, he, because he was supposed to be the one that was, like, getting close to the, um, Navi. Yeah, girl, if I spent, like, years studying something, you know, traveled light years, went for went to hypersleep for six years, and then someone else showed up, a military dude's like, oh, yeah, I got in there. I'd be like, girl, you don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Straight annoying. up, like, you don't know anything. You don't know nothing. The next scenes revolve around Avatar Jake's training with Natiri and Human Jake's reports on his experiences via the video log he dictates after every day's activity. He bonds with a dire horse and is called a moron in Navi. Basically, that's what happens. Jake tells the colonel the tea. The colonel wants to destroy the bitch right now, but Jake asks for some time. Fearing military influence, Grace decides to move that fucking operation way out of Dodge and into the Hallelujah Mountains. Hallelujah Mountains! Jake learns some more of the language and about the connection they have with the trees. And then Natiri says he's ready for his own flying mountain banshee. They go to a mountain. Shit's wild, basically, and he bonds with his dragon banshee right away, saying he was born to ride one. They ride to the Tree of Souls. Then Toruk, this giant banshee, attacks them. Natiri says its name means the last shadow. The Toruk shadow once seen is usually the last shadow one ever gets to see, as its attack is almost always fatal. Back at home, she tells Jake the story of her great-grandfather riding Turok to reunite the five tribes. I was really dancing. I was really getting my life over here I've to that part. Like I was like minutes. jogging with you. <laughs> Jump, chicka, pum, pum, chicka, pum, pum. When Jake comes back to his human form, it's clear he's been changed by this latest experience. For he says, out there is the real world and in here is the dream. The colonel comes over to him and tells him his mansion is accomplished and his mansion's accomplished. Ryan, learn to read. The like, colonel comes over mission. to tell him his mission is accomplished, and he's to return to Earth that day. And good to his word, the colonel has a rage for Jake to get his legs back. Yay. Jake starts to simp and basically says, nah, let me stay a bit. I'm about to get them to move. The colonel barely says yes. He says it. What was the word? He acquiesces. He acquiesces. Good one. He acquiesces. 
Jake attends a Navi ceremony where he learns the Navi believe that every person can be born twice. Natiri leads Jake to a place of prayer. Move. Natiri leads Jake to a place of prayer. The tree of voices. Where they use their cues, that's what the little things are called, to bond with the tree. Natiri tells Jake he can make a bow from the tree and that he can choose a woman. Jake tells Natiri that he has already chosen her and she says that she has chosen him. They sleep together under the tree. Sleep. And Jake wakes up broken again. Bow, bow, bow. This, that's like the saddest part of this movie is like he keeps experiencing these like beautiful things and then wakes up uh, in the world. Like, uh, how, yes. you, uh, yeah. You lose yeah. everything, you know? You lose everything in that moment when you come back to your broken body like that. Yeah. So sad. Anyways, Alexa, kill me. Just kidding. <laughs> no. I'm not dangerous. Oh. oh okay. Alexa. Okay. <laughs> Alexa, am I alone? No. There is someone right behind you. Goodbye, B- Ryan. What? She said goodbye, Ryan. I set her up to do that. <laughs> oh, that's not cool. I hate you. You got scared, huh? But already we've gotten so many iconic scenes. Like when he's flying on the helicopter, um, right next to the waterfall, like first seeing Pandora, such a scene. When they're going through the mountains in the air, that was like revolutionary at the time in 2009. My little 13 year old mind blown. Yeah. And then the Tree of Souls with all that pink glow and everything. This movie ages so well. Like, there's not a yeah. scene where I'm like, oh, this animation, you know, could be better. I've seen better. It's still no. really good. Yeah. That could have been made every like se- two like years every ago. Every second of it, I was like, still kind of impressed. Like, I was like, damn, this is, looks really good. Yeah. That I wonder made, if like, they did any remastering years. before it went on Disney Plus. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised. Disney likes to remaster things, but still, hold up. In the morning, Natiri awakens to fallen trees. Then, the presence of bulldozers. Soldiers are advancing as the forest falls around Natiri, who is dragging and carrying Jake to safety. At their remote spot, Jake is ready to link with his avatar and getting stopped by Sigourney Weaver to eat some fucking food. When he finally gets revived, Jake climbs onto one of the bulldozers, 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 and tries to stop it, eventually smashing its camera system and drawing some gunfire. The colonel recognizes him. At Home Tree, the Navi want war. Grace and Jake argue against it. There's an intense debate. Sute even tries to kill Jake, jealous at having learned that Jake and Terry are mated for life when he and Terry were betrothed. Jake says he is Navi and deserves the right to speak. And then him and Grace pass the fuck out because the colonel takes their bodies out of their link tube things. Does not make a good case on their side. So he picks him up and he's like, look, demon in a false demon body. Demon in a false body. That was intense. That it was too bad. intense. I was like taken aback. I said, ooh, a demon in a false body. It really is kind of like a ghost. It looks kind of possession. Yeah, it's pretty demonic. Yeah. If you just drop dead and you're like, oh, like, oh, look, he wasn't even real. Back at the base, Jake is given one hour to convince the Navi to leave. Jake and Grace are not welcome. Every time I say Jake, I think I'm saying Jack wrong. <laughs> what? Like I'm a, like I yeah, like I'm about to say Jack, but I keep saying Jake in, by accident. Every time you say Jake, but I think Peralta. Jake Peralta. Peralta and Grace. Okay. Jake and Grace are not welcomed back. 
Natiri rejects. Ooh, rejects Jit. Wait, the same song twice? Girl, get it together. It sounds like the intro to a Linkin Park song. Or like a Halloween remake. I don't know. Mm. Like Halloween credit music. Mm. Jake and Grace are not welcomed back. Natiri rejects Jake. Both Jake and Grace are bound and left behind by the Omotikaya, who are preparing to fight against the humans who have arrived in a large fleet of flying ships. Shit starts getting crazy, and Trudy didn't sign up for this shit, so she leaves. Moat frees Jake and Grace and asks them to save the tribe as people are dying and Home Tree is toppled. Jake arrives and is rejected again by Natiri when he tries to console her. Natiri's father, Iutukan, is killed by a large piece of shrapnel. His dying wish is for Natiri to take his sacred bow and assume leadership of their people. When Moat comes to free Jake and Grace, like she looks like she's going the fuck through it. She Which she is, and I get it. She looks the but... floor up, honey. But she, yeah, she is... Oh, fucked up. Like, she lost her tree. Thing. She lost mm-hmm. her son-in-law. She's losing her people. She looks frustrated, confused, she said, broken. If you are really with us, then help us. Then help us. Jake and Grace return to their human bodies and are promptly placed under arrest for treason. Treason. Norm is also arrested for trying to prevent the soldiers from disabling their avatar forms. The Navi gather at the Tree of Souls. Trudy comes to break the gang out of jail, and they all flee towards her chopper. On the way out, Grace gets shot by the colonel. They move their operation, and Jake gets back in his avatar. Since he is unwelcome, he decides to ride Turok. He does so successfully by getting above him and literally just landing on him. He is now Turok Mato, so they all like him again. That's literally it. That's like the fucking easiest redemption story of all time. No, right? Nothing that he did. Just, ride a, just riding a new Ride a big dragon. dragon. Just land on a big dragon. All right. Wow, we're coming. We're, we're not taking as long as I thought we would. We're coming around this corner real fast. Yeah, you spent a good time in the beginning to set it up, and now we're like flying through. It's a good pace. Yeah. He tries to get them to save Grace, but Enwa decides to take her instead uh, of allow her to pass into her avatar form. So like, they put Grace down, and they have all the neurons on her, but Enwa's like, no, nah, I want her. You mean Awa? So it takes her. I mean Awa. I said Enwa. <laughs> now he's mad, so he gives a speech to everyone saying that this is a Navi land, and it's time to send a message. So they call up all the honey. Oh, this is like my favorite part of the movie. Um, yeah. Not only does Suye, I think his name is, he gets a little of redemption. Sute, He's like, yeah. I will fly with you, my brother. I mean, it's only because he has a cool looking dragon now. But he translates for him, you know, linking him with the people. So everybody's on his side. And then when it's they, just so sad. It is sad. And then when they go to the other tribes, like the the cliff flyers and then the horse people and the people love over here that's what we need to get into in avatar 2 all this other world stuff that we barely touch on mm. where are these people at where their home tree they got a awa home tree i'm assuming right i mean it's all yeah. the same it's all pandora so but like i'm assuming they have tribes. their own their own uh awa I mean, tree if, to if, link to you know if it works the way that sigourney weaver kept saying then they're all connected so there has to be yeah. multiple trees yeah they that probably are... have their own like sacred sites and stuff yeah yes. or maybe each tree knows when to like transfer all their energy to a different tree and then eventually you know that tree becomes the the tree yeah you gotta upload to the cloud yeah i would just love for them to dive into that mm. they should they like open up the world in like such a offhand kind of throwaway you know 
Yeah. They're like, they're like, they're like, hey, by the way, there's like a million other of yes, uh, these people. So literally, um, the numbers growing get the colonel scared, and they plan a preemptive strike. Jake speaks with Iwa like she cares, and Ateria reminds him that she doesn't. <laughs> um, the next day is the battle. Um, I did not write the battle down, so discuss. Ooh, that battle hit me hard. That battle was disgusting. Up until when Iwa is heard. Okay. I, I didn't. Uh, yeah, that battle is hard to watch. Anytime you see machines going against living people, it's like you see like 10 different Navi and three crane and four horses go down for every like one exosuit that goes down. It's yeah, Iwa true. just decided to it's like... very one-sided. Iwa decided to leave like the, the strongest to the very... End. The very end, like the big old hammerheads, um, when they come in, they start Titanothere. When the Titanotheres come in, like, girl, they're they're shooting them down, and they don't even stop. They should have been the front line. Um, they should have been the first attack. So, uh, Ewa kind of screwed the Navi people on that one. Yeah, she was like, <sighs> yeah, oh, she could have been. Sorry, I was could have been giving them like the best reinforcements. Yeah, that would have been like the perfect first wave to absorb the f- the brunt of the attack. Yeah, well, as you said, she's not a. He was not a strategist. She doesn't get no. it. Oh, they really dig. They really dig into your feels in this moment when they have like that, that uh, chorus going in the background. Yeah. You see the horse on fire. Everyone's dying. And they're all dying. It's a yeah. real all hope is lost moment. So Ewa hears Jake as the planet starts to help them in the fight. You know the animals come. The plants are helping somehow. I'm sure. You know whatever. They win the battle, technically, and with Jake blowing up the airship, but things aren't over yet. Colonel Courtrich, uh puts on an amp suit and jumps free of the command ship before it disintegrates in a ball of flames. Hold on, let me put some action music on or something. Colonel Courtrich puts on an amp suit and jumps free of the command ship before it disintegrates in a ball of flames. He finds himself at the temporary campsite set up by Grace. In the camp, Jake is inside the Avatar pod, Carwich sets on killing Jake, is now attacked. Carwich, Carwich, Corwich, now set on killing Jake, is attacked by a Thanator that Natiri has bonded with and is ridden to the site. With the aid of his amp suit, the Colonel kills the Thanator, and Natiri is trapped underneath it. Before the Colonel has a chance to kill Natiri, Jake arrives in his avatar. The two engage in combat. The Colonel in his amp suit and Jake as his avatar, owned only with a piece of pipe. Jake, well, it's really like the end of a gun, but whatever. <laughs> Jake pipe. smashes the suit plastic canopy, and the colonel pops it off. Which is like, he should have died, because like he couldn't breathe, but whatever. Justin almost passed out trying to hold his breath. I got lightheaded the second. He, don- he dons a breathing... Come on, music. He dons a breathing mask, and before he moves off toward the structure of the house pods, he asks Jake... Ooh, fuck. He, <laughs> he asks... <laughs> oh, God. He asks Jake... How it feels to have betrayed his race. Hmm. Let me try that again. He asks Jake how it feels to have betrayed his race. You think you're one of them? Time to wake up, he taunts, as he smashes into the mobile lab looking for Jake's pod. The first one he crushes would have literally just disintegrated Jake, like killed oh him completely. God, and he doesn't check until it's him until after. He's like, boom! Huh? Is it you? Smashes oh, and then man. opens. Oh, he would have been a crumpled little mess in that little chair. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, oh, he wouldn't... Well, yeah, definitely. Crumpled. Wait, where was I? Those brittle bones. <laughs> He's intent on destroying it and human Jake. The colonel now moves... Oh, running out of music. The colonel now moves Jake closer to him, 
and reaches for his knife, intending to finish Jake by slitting his throat. Suddenly, Natiri shoots an arrow at the colonel, impaling him through the center of his chest. The colonel, reeling, is unable to continue his attack on Jake. Natiri's second arrow lodges right next to the first, and it brings the colonel in the amp suit to the ground. However, much damage has been done to the lab, which is leaking in the planet's poisonous atmosphere. Human Jake is awake, but having difficulty both breathing and trying to get the mask on. That's so sad. Natiri arrives and helps Jake on with his mask. Helps Jake... That's not right. Did I really type that? Helps Jake on with his mask. Natiri arrives and helps Jake put on his mask. Cradling human Jake, they look into each other's eyes. She says, I see you. It's the first time they have seen each other face to face. Like face to face. Like like real like real face to real face. Yeah, not mind and face to fake face and real face. Fake hybrid face. Back at Hell's Gate, most of the remaining humans are being marched into a shuttle to be sent back to Earth. However, a select few Earth people such as Norm and Dr. Patel are invited to stay on Pandora. Jake signs off in his final video blog, where he learn, where we learn that he has chosen to transfer his consciousness to his avatar for good. In a ceremony similar to Grace's, Jake passes through the Eye of Iwa and wakes up in his avatar with Natiri watching over him. And that's Avatar, bitches. Wow. Bam, bam, bam. epic. So, wow. <laughs> wow, thanks for the applause, you guys. Thanks for the applause. You deserved it. That was a good read. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Everybody thank you. look under your seats. Everybody gets a free VR. <laughs> Yeah, VR. right. Because we got that kind of money. Um, yeah, everybody, stop your. Actually, don't stop your car. Keep driving. Swerve while you're while you're checking under your seat, your car seats. If you're listening to this in a car, it's in there. Santa Claus. All right. Well, just because I'm done with the plot doesn't mean we're done with this episode. So strap in, boys. We got a lot of fucking information. Seatbelt. So, starring Sam Worthington as Jake Sully. He was in Macbeth. He was in Terminator Salvation. He's in those Titans movies, Clash and Wrath. Rash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. Rash. Rash, Rash of the Titans. Oyman of the Titans. He was in Call of Duty Black Ops 1, 2, and 4. He skipped the third one, which is Ghost, I think. Okay. So that makes sense. Zoe Saldana plays Natiri. Um, she's in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. She's in Star Trek, Colombiana. She's in Drumline, Pirates of the Caribbean, Death at a Funeral. Who was she in Pirates? Oh, Death at a Funeral. I forgot she was in that. Such a good movie. If she was in Pirates, she must have been there, like, because it wasn't, she wasn't, like, in Pirates, Pirates of the yeah. Caribbean. She's in the first movie. Oh. She's the one that Captain Jack Sparrow stole a boat from. Remember? She's, like, wearing a hat and she's looking all low, and then she slaps him in the face when he's getting his crew together at the beginning. I don't know. It's very brief because I don't remember her. Right? <laughs> she's in the She's in the whole first movie, but she, like, her, like, big scene is at the beginning. She's got a knack for playing hot. Alien bitches. Mm-hmm. You should watch Pirates of the Caribbean first one again, because because it's like you'll you'll remember it as soon as you see her. You go, oh, that's yeah, of course. 
Um, Sigourney Weaver plays Dr. Grace Augustine. She's in the Alien movies. She's in Ghostbusters. She's in Galaxy Quest. Holes, Baby Mama, Wally, Finding Dory. She's in everything. Stephen Lang, who is Colonel Miles Corrich. Is Stephen Lang not the the name of Ant-Man? It's um, Scott Lang. Scott. Scott Lang. Okay, gotcha. Um, So he was in The Fresh Prince for an episode. He was in Public Enemies. He's in Conan the Barbarian, Call of Duty Ghosts, Don't Breathe, Mortal Engines. So fun stuff. Um, and then we have Joel David Moore as Norm Spellman. Um, he was in he was in the music video for and Justin, you're gonna be the only person that gets this, but for POD's Youth of the Nation. We are, we are Youth of a Nation. We are, we are He was in the music video for that? Youth of a Nation. Yeah, he's in the music video. He's like this titular role. Oh wow, good for him. Yeah, he, he is the youth of the oh, nation. Come on, Norm. Yeah, he was in an episode of Sabrina, he's in Dodgeball, he's in Grandma's Boy. Oh okay. Um then we have Giovanni Ribisi, who plays Parker Selfridge, which is the unobtainium guy. Oh god. Um he's in an episode of the Twilight Zone, Teddy and the Beacon. He's in a lot of early '90s TV shows that didn't last as long, aside from a side character re- reoccurring. Um, he was in Save a Prior Ryan. He's friend. He's in Friends as Frank Jr., Phoebe's brother. He's in Call of Duty as well. A lot of people in Call of Duty in this movie. Yeah, I see that. He's in My Name Is Earl, Public Enemies, Ted, A Million Ways to Die in the West. Did they show him after the we final got- battle, like walking out onto the ship? Yeah, back to Earth. Who? Phoebe's brother. Yes, I think oh, so. Okay, Phoebe's brother. Yeah, yes. Okay. Cool. Then we have Melchior Rodriguez. She plays Trudy Chacon. She's in Fast and the Furious franchise. She's in Resident Evil. She's really in SWAT, that Halo she 2. She's in Machete. She's in Turbo, Smurfs. And she was in uncredited in Alita Battle Angel. Oh, Ooh. what? What was she in there? She must have been one of the yeah. evil bitches, just like hiding or like yeah. not really showing their face. You know what I mean? Yeah, because a lot of them were like, like monster robots. robots, hybrid things. Okay. Um, I did not um, fit this into the pod plot, but we can do it right now. It's the third degree quiz show. Whoa. No sound effect. Welcome, welcome. Oh, you sound like Las Vegas or Wait. something, like no, some I sort of this. like. I got this. 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 Everybody, gather around. It's time. For that very special third degree quiz show! It's the third degree quiz show! Come on down and guess it right! It's the third degree, third degree quiz show! I'm your host, Ryan Diaz, and we are joined today by. What's your name? I am Baby Jizzle. Your name right there. I'm Baby Jizzle. Baby Jizzle, come on down, come on down. Groove with me a little bit. Groove with me. Groove with me. Groove with me, and now we got a second person. What is your name right there? Ooh, my name is Louie, and I'm here to play the game. Mm. Well, come on down, Lucifer. Well, come on down, Lucifer. Well, come on down, Lucifer. I'm guessing your name is short for Lucifer. Is that correct? Yes. Like Joe is short for Joseph. <laughs> Lucifer. All right, band, cut the music. Elusive All right. So, here's how this game works, boys. Basically. I am going to take a person from this movie that we were discussing, and we're going to move three degrees away from them, and then I'm going to ask you a question about that new thing. You ready? Ready. Ready. In this movie is Zoe Saldana. 
She is also in Guardians of the Galaxy with Michael Rooker, who plays Yondu. Michael Rooker is also in Jumper. In Jumper, when Christian Hadenson, I mean, when Hayden Christensen (laughs) goes to his mom's house. I was not going to correct you. A girl named Sophie answers the door. Who plays Sophie? No Googling. In the when she's younger or older? There's a woman that answers. Oh, wait, are you talking about the Jumper? Mom's door. I am talking about Jumper. Okay, yeah, but isn't there a whole part in that movie where they're like young and then they're old? Yeah, it has nothing to do with this scene. Oh, okay. All right. So he knocks on his mom's door and Sophie answers instead? Yeah, remember when he goes and finds his mom at the very end of the movie and he knocks on her door and her, the new daughter answers the door? I guess I haven't seen that movie it's in a, a very, while. Yeah, it's a very that. throwaway scene. I mean, it's a very throwaway character, but it's a very important scene. It's like the cli- it's the very end of the movie. He like finds he goes and finds his mom. I remember a scene. Ask her what's good. Where he finds the mom, but I don't remember a, a second child. Oh, jeez. Okay, well, he, she's she's got other kids, and one of the kids opens the door, and she's played by a very famous person, but she has a four second role in this film, and it's very weird. That's why I wanted to see if you guys knew who it was. Sophie, I'm gonna guess. Is it Emma Roberts? Is it Amanda Seyfried? No, but both of those are close. Um, okay. close to Emma Roberts. Was it? Lindsay Lohan? It's not Emma Watson. No, you're getting further. Actually, you might be getting closer. I'm not sure. I think you're getting further, though. To which one? Lindsay Lohan or the Emma Lindsay Watson? Lindsay Lohan was a joke, so I hope I'm not getting close. JoJo? <laughs> JoJo Siwa? Emma Stone? It's not Emma Stone. No, I would have remembered that. She's very famous. She's in a lot of movies. Can you tell me a year? Oh, uh, is it Kristen, Kristen Stewart? Is it Kristen Stewart? Ding, 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 ding. It's Kristen Stewart. Wow. I mean, you gave that one to us. I wouldn't have ever guessed Kristen Stewart, I think though. just saying Jesse Eisenberg really like, threw, yeah. threw it at us. But I thank had, you. I appreciate it. I just that. watched American I'm Ultra, absolutely, Yeah, I'm absolutely not going to give you points for that. But Oh, so do we get another one? Is there a redemption question? No, that's it. Oh, no, you suck. Okay. No, re- no redemption. Our souls are not <laughs> redeemed. Mad about it? I am mad. I want to be absolved. Well, if there's no more questions, I guess we're done. That's crazy. Anyways, thanks for coming to the third degree quiz show. It's the third degree quiz show. Woo! Yes. That was when Kristen Stewart was starting to get ready to do her comeuppance. When was Twilight? 2008, right? 2008. A potato. So she had just gone on Twilight and then she gets that small role? Well, yeah, I don't know. What the or maybe up, I mean it was it was just like a moment. Obviously, he had to be important, so she had to be important. On in the set, movie. maybe she was just on set. That's funny. Can we just like put her in the Anyways. scene real quick? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> Kristen, you want to play real quick? Just come on in. <laughs> um, the music is by James Horner. He did the music for Titanic, Commando, Cocoon, Aliens, Batteries Not Included, Willow, Glory, and Fill the Dreams. Also, a bunch of other stuff, but I just left it there. Nice. The film location was Los Angeles, and there was one other place. They did mostly the out shots in this place. So if you could tell me what this place, the outdoor sweeping scenes and all that, where was that shot? Was it in California or outside? It's outside of California. Then it has to be somewhere rainforesty, like Brazil or... I'm going to say Brazil. Hmm. Where else do they have like rainforest jungles? Mexico? I'll give you a hint. The answer will shock you slightly. I mean, it won't shock you, but in because you are thinking the right way, right. 
but not for um, that reason. And it's also a very common place to film this these kind of things, but it's not in the way that you're thinking. Then was it like Washington or Seattle, somewhere up north, where it's like wet, foresty? I'm gonna give you another hint, but I have to strip away half a point for the hint. Do you want That's it? That's worth it. I don't think I'm gonna get it. What's what's the hint? It's not in the United States. It's not in North America. It's not in South America. Oh, so they went to what the the Congo, like the African jungle? They went to Asia. Oh, it's, it is Asia for the flying mountains, duh. Right? There's flying mountains in Asia? No, but they have those those giant, and I think it's in China. They have like huge cliff sides and mists. Those like and... really tall, like, like I don't know what they're like. They're like Maybe the skyscraper like mountains. Yeah, like giant cliffs. I'm going to say China. Final answer? For me. Babe, you want to do another guess? Yeah, no, that's it. All right, China. All right, lock them in. The answer is... Wellington, New Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand is see, one like, of those That's what I'm saying. Like everybody like... knows about New Zealand being like the spot. So yes, know. that's what I was like, thinking of. And that's Ryan. But yeah. what does New Zealand like but... look like? All I think of is like rolling grass hills. I don't think of like forests and stuff. Well, apparently there are forests. And stuff. Well, just like China, I don't ever picture China. I don't ever think of China as like being like luscious forest. But when you think about it, like you know, Animal Kingdom, the like the Asian part of it a lot of china looks like that yeah. like where the tigers are and shit i love that area of animal kingdom by the way with the like drawn tiger on that one like moving wagon thing that never moves yes anyways as far as the anthology goes two sequels to avatar were initially confirmed after the success of the first film this number was subsequently expanded subsequently expanded to four their respective release dates are december 17th 2021 December 22nd, 2023, December 19th, 2025, and December 17th, 2027. Wow. Wow. They got this is going to span from 2009 to plan, 2027. Though. That's a long-term plan. That's crazy. Like, a lot can go wrong in that time. Yeah, like, if two is a flop, they're going to be like, oh, wait, cancel everything else. Not even that, because at yeah. that point, you already have it. You've got to release it. Yeah. But, like, just, like... You could die and not be able to release it. I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? You Seriously, what if something happens? Live like, to see. You that know, it, I mean, I don't mean to. I don't mean to curse anything, but it happened with Star Wars. Yeah, we lost a couple actors. Yeah, you know, exactly. and we couldn't replace them, so we had to fudge up the lines a little bit. Yeah. Filming for the first two sequels began in September of 2017. Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, Giovanni Ribisi, which is the bad guy, Joel David Moore, Dileep Rio. I can't remember pronounce his name right. CCH Pounder are all reprising their roles Pounder. as as are Stephen Lang and Matt Gerald despite the deaths of their characters in the first film. Sigourney Weaver is also returning although she stated that she would play a different character which is I don't get it. What other character is she going to play? Maybe she does have a twin. Fuck. She does? Maybe. <laughs> I you said she did. New cast members include it. Cliff Curtis and Kate Winslet as members of the Navi Reef Kate people. Winslet. Of Metacanya and Una Chaplin as uh, Varang, a strong and vibrant central character who spans the entire saga of the sequels. Ooh, okay. Yeah. On November 14th, 2018, Cameron announced filming on Avatar 2 and 3 with the principal performance capture cast has been already completed. Post-production began on as of April 18th, 2019. Wow. Can you imagine filming your second and third movies at the same time? That's, yeah, that's, some, that's insane. That's some boldness right there. I can't there. imagine being an actor in that <laughs> during that. Didn't they do that already for Guardians too? Like they filmed some of the third film at, uh, stuff? Did they? I know for Endgame they basically filmed it like right after, but it wasn't like at the same time. 
but that's something smart to do, especially when you're trying to make something that's more long term. If you want to use like flashbacks, or you know, if you want to like re- like tell the beginning of another story, or like the beginning of a story, and you can just use all that old footage. That's true. Like that's. I feel you. Yeah, that's true. Or if there's like a setup where like you have a scene that cool. ends, and then we change to somewhere else, but then in your second movie you revisit that scene, and like actually they did. You know, like yeah. right after the camera cut, they hid something away. They can really or, show you that. Yeah, you just film it yeah. right there, and you're like, all right, we got that scene ready for number three. Cameron described the film as a hybrid with a full live-action shoot in combination with computer-generated characters and live environments. Quote, ideally, at the end of the day, the audience has no idea what they're looking at. End quote, Cameron said. This is clearly an insane sentence, right? Like we want the we don't we want the audience to have no idea what they're looking at. That's terrifying. Yeah, that's a weird goal to have. <laughs> According to Cameron, the film is composed of sixty percent computer generated elements and forty percent live action, as well as traditional miniature miniatures. So they do use miniatures quite a bit. That's cool. Didn't think they would. In preparation of the filming sequences, all of the actors underwent professional training specific to their characters such as archery, horseback riding, firearm use, and hand-to-hand combat. Okay. They received language and dialect training in the Navi language created for the film. And before shooting the film, Cameron also sent the cast to the Hawaiian tropical rainforests to get a feel for a rainforest setting before shooting on the soundstage because I'm pretty sure they just shot on, like, blue screen, right? That would have been a great guess for the location, Hawaii. I did not even think about that. You see, it's so there's so many different places that would have that kind of uh, like jungly environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. During filming, Cameron made use of his virtual camera system, a new way of directing motion capture filmmaking. This is so cool. The system shows the actors' virtual counterparts in their digital surroundings in real time, allowing the director to adjust and direct scenes just as if shooting live action. According to Cameron, it's like a big, powerful gaming engine. If I want to fly through space or change my perspective, I can. I can turn the whole scene into a living miniature and go through it on a 50 to 1 scale. Cameron described the system as a form of pure creation, where if you want to move a tree or a mountain or the sky or change the time of day, you have the complete control over the elements. So like it's like it happens live like while they're filming. Like He's able to move different CGI elements and different things around in the filming. Wow. While they're filming James it. Next Cameron, level shit. I know. He really yeah. pioneered that. Because now you just say mocap. It's like, oh, yeah, they just use mocap for that. Like, they, they use mocap for the Clone Wars TV series. So, like, that shows you how long of a way it's come. Like, it was such a big thing for this blockbuster movie to be using yeah. it. And now it's used in, like, everything. Yeah. Here's the here's the bit that makes me think that he's actually a... um man of the world due to cameron's personal convictions about climate change he allowed only plant-based vegan food to be served on set wow wow this is 2009 way before the whole vegan explosion exactly so this makes me think that he actually does give a shit a little bit oh wow i like cameron just crazy to think that at at this point these people on set are just like being forced to be vegan (laughs) i know yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean you know eat a eat a banana on set get some ribs when you leave leave i'm sure there was one or two remarks on like oh where's my meat you know i'm sure sam worthington got food delivered to him or something you know like i doubt that like it was really restrictive to the big actors right um but the crew must have hated it fucking just fruit and vegetables fuck you crew we know that you're the ones that actually put this movie together but fuck you you're gonna be eating carrots and celery for the whole next four months. No, it's not a carrots bad thing. That's funny. It's just it's not a bad thing to eat healthy, but to not have the option is but, definitely yeah. Like... No, that's it's just I mean, but you know, 
good on him. Development of Avatar began in 1994 when Cameron wrote an 80-page treatment for the film. Filming was supposed to take place after the completion of Titanic for a planned release of 1999. So this movie was supposed to come out in 1999, and we didn't get it until a whole 10 years later. I'm so glad. According to Cameron, the necessary technology was not yet available to achieve his vision of the film. Working on the language of the film's extraterrestrial beings began in 2005, and Cameron began developing the screenplay and fictional universe in early 2006. This movie would have been so trash if they would have just, like, powered through. Like, no, no, just make it. 1999. It depends. I mean, it probably wouldn't have been, like, complete trash, but it definitely would have been, like, not as, you know, what it is. It would have been way blocked Yeah. It'll definitely be a 90s movie. But, like... It would have been so much of a spectacle. But because there was so much time that was put into it, you know, all all the years that went by to be actually... I hope that... To be able to actually plan it, that, that that actually was able to develop everything so much more. So if had it come out in the 90s, it wouldn't have been as developed. No. I hope that reigns true for the next movie because this shit's been a long time coming. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I'm afraid for what's coming. I think it'll be great. I'm not afraid, but I just hope it's worth the wait. Yeah. I'm, I'm always one to say take your time rather than just shove something out like how they have been doing with like the Star Wars movies, just like pumping it out just like a machine. Yeah. Take your time. Make something good. So I'm sure they're going to do something good with Avatar 2, but just the fact that they're filming everything back to back, I'm kind of like, you can take your time. Don't feel like, you know rushed or anything rather have something good well i don't think he feels rushed he's got like four years to work on the post-production for those movies so i feel like he's given himself a lot of time i guess that's true there's a lot of related media to avatar obviously they have the whole theme park attraction over at disney but they also had a short stage adaption called torok the first flight it's a stage production by cirque du soleil which basically is a story set in pandora's past involving the prophecy concerning the threat to the Tree of Souls and a quest for totems from different tribes. Audience members could download an app in order to participate in show effects. That's fun. Um, And it's basically just a a show of Torok the giant dragon thing. But it's Cirque du Soleil, so it's ballet and cool acrobatics and stuff like that. Wow, I would love to watch that. Me too. So it is time for the Money Mumble. Money Mumble. Um, all right, boys. How much oh, do you think girl. this shit costs? How much is the American economy worth right now? A trillion dollars? Hmm. Let's go. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> That's how much it made to cost? I'm God gonna damn. say, girl, I don't even know what to put this movie on a scale. Like, this was a humongous movie with years, ten, a decade, a decade in the making. Yeah. We know she costs a lot of money. Like that's no doubt. I think it's the most expensive movie on the on the board. So I'll tell you that as much. I'm sure. And I think, I think Godzilla was like 150, right? Oh fuck. Is that the most expensive? Form? I think so. So it has to be. I'm gonna say 200 mil. Damn. Oh, I think I dethroned Godzilla. I think you did, but it wasn't by a lot. It was by five mil. So. Um. And that was like a hundred and twenty-five mil, and the next one was one hundred and thirty. Okay, and I'm gonna stay two hundred mil. Two hundred mil. It's probably over, but. Yeah, I could. Um, I actually don't know how to do this one because it's so. Two hundred um, million. That sounds like a lot. I um. I could say one seventy-five. That sounds a little bit more appropriate, I guess. Maybe one fifty. One seventy-five. Locked in. All right, one seventy-five, and babe. (sighs) Um, fuck, I hate this part. (laughs) Uh, It's just because I, I, 
such a perfectionist. I want to get it like as close as possible. I'm yeah. trying to really like, right. you know, pick my brain to try to figure out. Justin's locked in. Do you want a hint? No, I don't want a hint. Do I lose any points? Okay. No, I'll give you full points. Okay. Give me a hint. Justin's locked in. He's way too low. <gasps> I thought so. And I said 175 or 150? 175. 175. 175. Damn. I was gonna you go said way 200. too low? Yeah, he's way too low. Uh, I'm going to yeah. say 350 million. Okay. Damn, girl. Okay. It's probably 250. <laughs> yeah, I'm locking it in. I'm locking it in. Okay. So this is a hard one. The reported budget is 237 million. Mm. And then another 9 million during the re release. However, there are some other estimates out there on the web that kind of skew that cost. Um, it puts the cost more between two hundred eighty million and three hundred ten million for production, oh and at least a hundred and fifty million just for promotion. So that's close to five hundred million, four hundred sixty million, I think, is what it is in those estimates. But the reported budget, two hundred thirty-seven million, with another nine million for the re-release. Isn't that insane? So somewhere from two hundred fifty to five hundred million. Yeah, that's crazy. Insane. That's stupid. That's like uh, stupid to spend on I mean, a movie. But is Crazy. it? Did you see what they were able to like make with that? That's like dumb money. Not saying it wasn't worth it, but like I can't even imagine what that number is. You know, and I don't think any other movie is gonna come close to Avatar on any sort of movie that we do on this pod. I should have well, went for two hundred. When we do the uh, av- when we do the Marvel movies, I guess that's true. But has any of them gone over two hundred fifty mil? Um, pro- probably. Mm. We'll see. And we know that one of them already made more money f- by it. But anyways, time for the box office bit. How much do you guys think this shit made? It obviously made its money back. Damn, but like if it made its money back with how much money it like put down, that's a high number. I think it hit a billion, right? I think Oh my god, was... yeah, because that's like a whole thing. I think Endgame beat out That's what I was thinking of, the Endgame news. Yeah, I'm gonna say a bill. Just round it off at a bill. A bill? Oh, just fat one? Bill. One big fat bill. Bill, 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 bill. I bill feel like that. Just some, inter- just some information while you guys are talking just... about it, thinking about it. Avatar was released internationally on more than 14,000 screens. It earned $3 million just from the midnight screaming domestically. Whoa, my God. With the initial 3D release to only 2,200 screens. So it made $3 million from 2,200 screens. In one night at midnight, the film earned twenty six million on its opening day and seventy seven million over its opening weekend, making it the second largest December opening ever behind I Am Legend, the largest domestic opening weekend for a film not based on a franchise, topping The Incredibles, the highest opening weekend for a film entirely in three D, breaking Up's record, the highest opening weekend for an environmentalist film, breaking The Day After Tomorrow's <laughs> record. Okay. And the 40th largest opening weekend in North America, despite a blizzard that blanketed the East Coast of the United States and reportedly hurt its opening weekend results. Wow. The film also set an IMAX opening weekend record with 178 theaters, only 178 theaters generating $9.5 million in 178 theaters. 12% of the film, $77 million at the time of the North American gross on lens and 3% of the screens. This is the start of the golden age of IMAX, where IMAX is the big thing. Like you go see that IMAX movie if you care about that movie. This and is what started 3D. That. 3D was really like popping off around yes. this time, so this movie must have been really like good in the 3D, you know, sales. 3D has an extra two dollars per ticket right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. depending where you go. Mm. 
How much do you think this movie made? I'm gonna say two billion. No oh, girl. <laughs> uh, right, is that too much? Are we locked in? I'm locked in. Okay. Well, biggity, biggity, biggity. Can I give you a one point some million? Let's see. Sure. There could be decimals here. It's just not in the final rating, babe. I'm gonna say. Uh, I know you're about to come for me for my rules, and it's not here. So check yourself. I'm concentrating. I'm concentrating. I'm I'm like reaching into the force. Be with me. Be with me. One point five. Locked and loaded. Locked in. Yes. Yes. And and Justin, what was yours? One bill. Cool one bill. This movie made two point seven nine billion dollars. I'm upset. You should stay with that two billion. Shut up. Over here talking two point seven nine billion dollars. That's disgusting, honey. Yeah. Dis- disgusting. It's more than like small nations have in their economy. Oh, it's so true. God. Okay, guys, we made it. We made it all the way to the. You know what? I just, I just want to give you guys. I just want to. I just want to give you guys. I just want to give you guys a quick, a quick round of applause. Um, thank you, thank you. Job, I deserve it. Uh, I do deserve it. Yeah. Uh, that was. Um. Twenty-one. So it's time for the final rating. Oh my God! I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. Turn up since I An was thirteen. An engagement where you guys engaged. Honestly. I'm giving the bitch a 10. Literally was in it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Never took me out of it. Mm-hmm. Wish I was on Pandora. Wish I was in an avatar. Absolutely. Like, done. Like, 10. I had the the right of my life when I was 13. I had a right of my life the million times that I've watched this movie since then. and I had It's been 11 years since we've seen this movie the first time, and it disgusting. still rocked me to my core. And 11 years later, I had the time of my life watching this movie for three hours for I don't know the, <laughs> how many times I've seen this movie. We've been talking about this movie for almost five hours and a half, and I'm not done. I'm not. I'm not sick of it. I could talk about it for another five hours. I can wake up tomorrow and go. All right, guys, what's on the the plate for today for Avatar? <laughs> Avatar. Are we gonna dive into the biology? Are we gonna dive into the morality, the cultural diversity? Babe, were you engaged? I was super engaged. It was super engaging, like to the level of engagement that I didn't think I could ever be engaged with. Yeah. Um okay. I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a ten. Yeah, that's a that's an engagement. I I honestly have nothing the only thing I could complain about is that one guy that just wouldn't die, but I mean you gotta have something. Yeah. But I mean it was engaging. It was, he was exactly I mean but, yes. but but apart from that, I mean everything else was just so it's such a well crafted movie that it just I don't know, it feels very, very Nice. It was an epic. Okay, numbers, boys, numbers. Oh, I said ten. ten. Ten all the way. Okay, Aye. ten it is. Aye. All right, execution. Boy, we're not even going to talk oh, about no. it. James Cameron did what he did. He did what he meant to do. He did exactly what he wanted, and that's it. I'm, we're not even going to talk about it. Well, Enjoyment. I didn't want to come Oh, you have qualms? Being blinded by my love for it, but it didn't prove me wrong, you know? It's still you a ten. qualms, babe? What? Do you have any qualms? Do you have qualms? I don't have any qualms. Well, you said, well... No, I was kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm about to say... I was yeah, kidding. Shit, I'm I mean, a cat. I can't... I obviously can never... I can like, dance, 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 and I dance, dance, dance. I can't obviously <laughs> go into James Cameron's mind and pick out 
the movie Avatar that he wanted to to make, but I can only imagine that he got exactly what he wanted the entire time he was making this movie, and that this movie is the best representation representation of his vision that it could be. Yes. Yeah. Do you think he's upset about it? Do you think he was like, "Damn, this just I just wish it would have been more." Can you imagine if he just like beats himself over imagine? it at night? Oh, I'm sure he does. I don't think anyone can make can think that their their art is perfect. There's always something like, you know, you always want to add one more brush stroke to the painting and in a movie. For sure. You can't do that. Yeah. But like what I wonder how he really feels like he was able to, you know, accomplish this because it, it really took a long time. So yeah. like the fact that it was finally yeah. ready to be put out there means that, you know, even though nothing's ever completely finished or in an artist, you know, sense that nothing's ever really finished, you feel like you know, you you're finally ready to put it out there. So I wonder, you know, how he felt after that happened. I wonder how he feels now. Right. Yeah, like what his vision. I wonder was. if he looks at a scene, a, like a specific scene, and is like, "Oh my god, this is the worst shot I've ever done in my life." Yeah, or like, "Oh, why did I not?" I mean, do this? eventually, just time just becomes irrelevant. You know, like especially when mm-hmm. you're doing something that you're passionate about, so much time can go by, and as long as you're like having fun with it or just doing it, time is nothing. Right. It just goes yeah, by. That's true. I wonder how much is when you vision. when you do what you love, you don't work a day in your life. Oh, that's a good one. That's beautiful. I'm gonna get that tattooed on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how you much is matching t- ass tattoos change from what you get matching ass tattoos. Yeah, I don't have any yet, so that'll be exciting. I don't have any either, oh, so that's girl. what I'm saying. It's the first time for everything, and it's gonna be on my butt. Yeah, Ooh. come on, babe. I wonder how much his vision has changed from ninety uh, something to now. Like, I wonder if the story has mm. evolved in some way. Like if he wanted it to be this way, and then over time, of like I definitely think so. Time to I definitely think, think that like he was driving one day, and then like an idea popped in his head. And he said, "Fuck, that's a great idea," and then he put it down. I mean, like that's how it is. That's a creative process, my dude. Like <laughs> it's fucking wild. I I know that I'm uh, I'm nothing, and I haven't created anything yet. But I'm dri- I'll be driving down the fucking road, and I'll think of something specific about legacy, and I'll I'll be like, "Wow, that's a great idea for season three. Like you know what I mean? And and that's like has nothing to do with anything that I'm working on or anything that the show is even on right now, but it's it's, that's the creative process. You know, you think of something and exactly, you get inspiration in like the smallest things. Okay, <laughs> enjoyment. How did we enjoy this movie? I want to give it a 10 because I love it so much, but I also want to try and like play devil's advocate for a second. So let me see if I can find something I hate. Hold on, give me a second. Is there anything that I didn't enjoy about this movie? I hate the word unobtainment, unobtainium. Yes, that. That could have been explained better. I mean, again, it's for the mainstream audiences that, you know, don't want the science-y jargon. I think he was just being cheeky and, and didn't care at that point. I feel like a lot of this he was like, I don't care. I'm only trying to make the art bit. Like, I'm not, I don't really care about the story. But yeah. when you really think about it, like, say if you're really, like, in that scenario where you're the scientist, you're looking for something and you just need a quick name for something. You're just being like, oh, we're just going to call it the unobtainium because obviously we can't obtain mm. it. So sometimes it's no. not even like like in oh, like in, like in the writing of course you know it's going to ref- it's going to reflect like on the writer but like once you think about you know each individual character like everyone has like their own quirks or their own ways of saying things or you know feeling about something so like say you know you you just come to the conclusion that you want to call this thing that I don't know like it's just they should have named it it's just like a quick thing it's it's not it's like not meant to be serious but like i understand what you people, mean i don't know, you know that it's i don't know if it's a... not meant to be serious i feel like they take themselves way too seriously when they say it for it not to be like a thing but what but the big thing for me is that 
if that was the case, like if if it was just like a quirk of the scientist, most scientists name the fucking elements that they find after their themselves. Right. It's their names. It's either so, named after themselves or named which after is true. what it is. But like I feel like the only people that were saying it were the ignorant people, right? I mean, everyone the Sigourney well, and um, Homeboy says it. I don't remember. Maybe there's a scientific name besides unobtainium. That's just like the catchphrase for it. But if that's the case, it wasn't explained. So. I don't know. He The way that he, the main villain, explains it makes it seem like that is the, like, that's the, this is the definite, like, you see this little rock? This is called unobtained, like, he describes it like he's defining what it is, yeah, you know? if you're gonna take the moment to, like, really tell me what this rock is, give me a little You're gonna tell more. me the real name, so I feel like it's gonna be unobtainium. Yeah, I, I like the world building, I like all the science jargon, so I would have liked a little bit more of that, a little more explanation about the biosphere, how all the, you know, animals and plants interact with each other, but I realized that. And, you know, we might get that. That's not what we're trying to do in the first movie of a, you know, visual, it's more of a visual thing. Yeah, we might get all that, but you know, it's just not now. The question, the key question here is though, did we enjoy exactly. it? Exactly. Yes, we did. That would have added to it, but it's not like it was missing. It's not like I'm like, whoa, what, yeah. what's happening? I don't know anything. I think every, I think every aspect of the movie fits together perfectly, and I think that I wasn't left wanting or needing more. I got exactly what I bargained for, and it didn't seem like. Maybe it's just because it's not a franchise, but it didn't seem like any of it was like fan service. It seemed like it was just a it was trying to be as believable, as movable plot. Yeah, it was sure. it was realistic and it was it was like sealed up nicely. It was a nice little tight vacuum sealed bag. Yes. Yeah, I tried to look for a second to see something I didn't enjoy, but I I can't yeah. not give it a ten. Yeah, it was hard. It was hard not to have the rose colored glasses on during the. Um, during the watch, like I wanted to pick something out too that I didn't like, but then you get so lost in how awesome the world is, you just forget that you're thinking about bad stuff. Yes, girl, I'm a ten all the way. <sighs> so that means that she's a straight ten. That she's one of the greats. I can't say I'm surprised in any way, shape, or form. I'm angry at it. I'm like, I wanted to find like, <laughs> some flaws in this movie, but yeah. whatever flaws, it's I kind of personal. I talked a lot. I feel like I talk a lot of shit about this movie. Like I'm always like, oh no, it doesn't hold up that great, but it fucking does. Oh, it it holds up like an age. Well, two, two of the greats back to back. We're getting too nice. We have to do a bad movie next. Yeah, just to spice it up, because now it seems like we're just pandering. Mm. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's a good movie though. It's not just that we like it; it. Is it's such a good, good movie. And it's not like we fucking determine that too. The whole world thinks this is a good movie. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's a it is a good movie. It's a great movie. We're not being biased. It's, it's like like it made two point seven nine billion dollars. Like the plot is kind of simple, but nothing in the movie is simple. So like it's a breakthrough concept, but it's not so out there that people don't get it. That it's just like a weird indie kind of like conceptual piece. It really like marries everything together. It marries yeah, action, sci-fi, all that good stuff. It's true. It's true. Such a great movie. So that's it, boys. That's it. Justin, I have something very important I need to ask you. But I don't know if I can. I don't know if I have the balls to do it. (laughs) If you have the balls to pull this off. I don't know if I have the balls to pull this off. Justin, how do you motherfucking feel? Um, girl. I feel like I just went through an epic adventure on an alien world. I feel like 
I met the love of my life under Awa. And we oh, were, you did? And we, <laughs> and we were bonded for life. I feel like I just woke up after having alien sex. <laughs> I feel like I'm just romantically staring at this movie under the light of Awa. And I choose her and she chooses me back. Mm. Babe, how, that's so beautiful. How are you feeling over there? That's so romantic. I just want to put that out there first. Thank um, you. I know. But I feel the way that I feel. What I feel is nothing. <gasps> oh, I died with no. Sigourney. <gasps> no, I'm a part of the tree now, honey. Oh. She's part of Enwa. He is Ewa. part of Ewa. And I am coming back Ewa. in number two. Yes. As a separate <laughs> character, apparently. <laughs> character. Oh, no, I feel great. Oh, yes, perfect. Sigourney. I feel like an good, avatar. Good. Nice. Mm, nice. Good. I like it. Not the benders. Mm. Ryan, my friend. Mm-hmm. Ryan, how you, how you feel? How does it feel? I feel rejuvenated. I feel I feel alive. I feel as if I'm wiggling my new toes for the first time. I feel like I'm I'm getting up and and not really concerned with anything that's going on or any voices I might be hearing that are telling me to stop and not grow so fast. I I I get up and I and I and I and I run into the grass and I feel the dirt beneath my toes and I take a bite of this juicy purple weird fruit and it just splashes all over my face and I laugh a little bit at my little fuckboy laugh. I can feel something that I've been missing this whole time and it's it's this rewatch of Avatar. And that's how I feel. I feel so alive. It's beautiful. I feel so alive. I'm wiggling my little toes, my little blue toes. You're wiggling your toes. I love what she says. <laughs> wiggling my toes. <laughs> um, all right. So that seems to be her. Justin, you got something to plug? Um, you can follow me at baby jizzle at uh no, just kidding. Baby J at Instagram, baby J at Twitter. Baby Dre on Snapchat. Baby got anything to plug? Ba- oh, wow. Snapchat. You're giving out your Snapchat now. <laughs> Is it the same? No, they're all different. Oh. <laughs> find one, you'll find <laughs> them all, okay? <laughs> <laughs> they're not. Uh, well, you can find me at Aura underscore Dell underscore Ray on Instagram. Or you can find me pretty much on there. That's it for now. Awesome. Yes. You can find me at 5x11 on Twitter. You can find me, you can find us at WrestlingNinjaStudios.com, WrestlingNinjaStudios on YouTube, WrestlingNinjaStudios on Twitter, WrestlingNinjaStudios on Facebook. Come give us a follow. Give us a movie recommendation. We will do it eventually. Yeah, we got time. We got time. And uh, as always... Sahelu! Make the bond! What did you say? I said Sahelu, make the bond. Oh, I was going to say... I see you, Jake Sully. I see you. I see you. And as always. And as always. Penis, Jake Sully. No. Penis, Jake Sully. No. No, don't. don't (laughs) No, just. You mean your soup drinker? Just tentacles. Oh god. Bye. And as always, I see you. Bye bye. Love you. This is how we feel. This is how we feel. This is how we feel, this is how we feel, this is how we feel.